Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is Camden Cast. Uh, before we get into our episode, like we usually do, some quick news. Uh, another like by Beverly Mitchell on our, in- our latest Instagram post, which is really exciting. So stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear more about our Instagram. Uh, speaking of social media, though, Erin has... Uh, some information. I guess like an update. Um, at WW leader Amy uh, tweeted a few weeks ago at us and attached an article um, about Andrew Keegan, who played Wilson. Um, he apparently has started a cult, and it is called Full Circle. And they've been in some legal trouble before. In 2015, they were busted for selling illegal kombucha. And now they were like going bankrupt, but apparently they have a new investor and... I don't know exactly what they're doing, but they... <laughs> but he's part of a cult now, it's, I guess. He's actually a leader. He's, he's the cult. leader of the cult now. Yeah, so that's interesting. I, I did guess not... That, he's I guess, been, like, off the radar, so... I guess this is the career move Andrew Keegan has made post-7th Heaven. Yes. Um, as always, you can tweet at us uh, or send us something on Facebook or through our email, which we'll talk about later in the episode, uh, if you have some information for us. Or if you just want to say hi. But now, to why you're here. All right. Yeah. So today, we will be discussing uh, Season 3, Episode 18 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is We the People, or if you are in Germany, it is called Case of Sin, and in France, it is called The Scandal. Uh, Our IMDb user uh, synopsis is, Simon risks losing his paper round unless he manages to collect in time from Scrooge Malone But Crone Hinkle suggests how to trap him. Matt's married college president, Jack Brenner's reputation, is tarnished by at times even violent public controversy over a formally allowed affair with a grad student. Matt, friends, and parents get involved. Mary bumped into Miles Olson's car in the school parking lot, but he digs a date with Lucy. So... (laughs) Uh, okay. <laughs> it's paper round. Scrooge uh, Malone. I like that description. Yeah. So what was your first impression? Um. Bad. Yeah. No, I really disliked this episode. I don't, uh, I don't know. It felt like it was all over the place, first of all. Second of all, I didn't really get what the message was until uh, Aaron pointed out it was basically like... Well, they kept repeating it. Your actions have consequences. Um... But I still felt like it was all over the place. Um, And I think the last thing I have to say is there were a lot of men with weirdly dyed hair in this episode. Yeah, I feel like that's like a thing of the 90s. I don't know. Right, like, so when your roots are still gray, but the rest of your hair is like... Super dark. Super dark. I don't know. I guess it was a choice, but I don't really agree with that choice. So, (laughs) yeah. It was, I, I just, I didn't enjoy this episode, unfortunately. Yeah, it was unfortunate. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, So the cold open begins with a man with badly dyed hair. Oh, no, it was the Rev reading the newspaper. Right, Uh, it's the college newspaper uh, saying... It said the Crawford University president engaged in extracurricular activities with a co-ed. Which means exactly what it says, uh, the... President Jack Brenner was ha- is was having an affair with a third year graduate student. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're at his home with his wife and the Rev, and the Rev's kind of like, "Oh, 
can't believe they printed this in a newspaper. And then the president is like, it's true. <laughs> By alleged, <laughs> I mean, it happened. Yeah. And so the rebels are in shock. And um, I think, is it the next scene with Simon? Um, or is no, it- it's Matt. Oh, okay. Um, Matt with at the school, or at the pool hall, um, and there are oh, some yeah. people there trying to, as our user synopsis said, like some like moral morality police. Yeah, like the and they're like, police. oh, we need to have a protest so that the board of directors will remove, you know, um the, like this is a moral outrage and like this man shouldn't be teaching anyone anything. He's not Or leading like a, a university. Yeah, he's not moral enough. And Matt is all kind of like Well Well, the, well the, Matt is like I don't know He's he's like it doesn't really it's his private life, and that has nothing to do with his ability to lead um, the school. Right, right. And Shauna goes back and forth, kind of like the Camerons do. Um, and Shauna at first is like morally outraged by this scandal, and she's like, "Oh, I bet that student got extra like financial aid because you know of her. I don't know. Basically, like she probably was treated differently." Because, because of, of her relationship with the uh, professor, yeah, he, the president. And she tried to compare herself to that girl, saying, and whereas I'm here working two jobs, like living in a crappy apartment, like working my way through school, and this girl can just, you know, like have sex with the president and get what she wants, which I think is very presumptuous of Shauna to say. Um, and also, oh, because Shauna then also said she's like, this girl is making the rest of like womankind look bad. I was like, again... Everybody imposes these, like, motivations on this student as well, and I I think that's, like, entirely misplaced. Right. Especially because we don't see or hear from this female student at all in this episode. (laughs) She has no voice. She doesn't even have a face, which is probably for the best, I guess, because I feel like she'd probably get a lot of hate. Yeah. Um, um, Anyway, so that... So we realize that, like, Matt and Shauna... I feel like I could have been more attached to this, though, if, like... Matt like pr- was had to like protect this girl. Like oh, people right. knew who she was, and like and they were that, like going and like after Matt her. was the only one like standing up right that for her. Been I think that would have been more interesting um, angle to take here. But I think the cold open basically sets up that Matt and Shauna are not on the same side as the other people in the school. Who but Shauna see. Which we'll get into. Yeah, as they we seem continue. they seem at odds with each other in the beginning. And then uh, the last story that's set up in the cold open is Simon is having issues with his newspaper round, um, <laughs> as our user synopsis tells us. The because boss, Scrooge Malone, the boss at, is calling. And every, during the scene when like the newspaper boss was on the phone with Simon, I just thought of if anybody knows from Spider Man, oh. <laughs> like Peter Parker's yeah. newspaper man. Yeah. Just like that, like that. J, J, whatever. Yeah, Jameson. Yeah. And just, Parker! That's, sorry, completely off topic. That isn't what happened at all. Um, But, But, so, Simon is having trouble collecting from one particular, uh, like, newspaper customer. Uh, So, I guess he's, the, the newspaper has been, like, issuing him credits for the money he's, he's been unable to collect from this, um, kind of, like, deadbeat, uh. Customer, exactly. Yeah. And so basically this is the last straw. If Simon doesn't get this customer to pay, then he's fired. And Ruthie's worried because Ruthie is his assistant, so she's like, I'm going to be fired too. So that's the conflict for Simon and Ruthie in this episode. Um, and that's the cold open. 
Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start with the storylines. Uh, we'll do the storyline that wasn't mentioned in the cold open, which is Mary and Lucy's storyline. Again, they are a couple together, which I really I'm looking forward to when that's not the case anymore. It's it, season four um, sees them growing apart uh, and onward. So okay, well. Uh, Mary, again, is having some car issues. Uh, she apparently, quote-unquote, dinged the bumper of another vehicle. Um, but was she was like a hit-and-run, like she was, it was in the school parking lot, and they had to go pick up Simon and Ruthie. Who they call captains of industry. So um, she just leaves a note on the car uh, telling the owner, like, call me. It says her phone number, the name Mary Camden, and then call me. So as predicted this is great confusion to the person who finds the number uh this person is miles olsen uh miles calls the number and thinks that mary is romantically interested in him but he's not interested in her no he's interested in goddess lucy camden (laughs) yep uh, and, and that is what he calls her and mary thinking this is the perfect opportunity to get away with having hit this guy's car is like great you can go on a date with her yeah, because he doesn't even mention any damage to the car, so Mary's like, oh, this is good. When he finally notices and realizes why I left the note on his car, he'll be happy with Lucy. Right, so he won't have any reason to be upset. So Lucy uh, looks at who Miles Olsen is, realizes that Miles Olsen is basically a dork, uh, <laughs> but because nobody like knows who he is, is by like name... He, she, like, amps him up for Lucy, and Lucy's really excited because this is the first date she's had since she's broken up with Jordan. Um, rest in peace, Jordan. <laughs> he's not actually dead, but... Um, and he's going to come back. I'm excited for him to come back. Um, so she's like, great, he called me a goddess. I'm totally in. Uh, so then she finds out who he is. I think she looks in the yearbook, and then Lucy's like, I can't do this. He's like, did she calls him like a jerkwad? Right, and I thought he was gonna be like mean. Yeah, but he's actually just like nerdy. Yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't. I don't really call geeks jerks. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't want to go. And, and this is weird. Mary's like, but he called you a goddess. When was the last time somebody not in our family called you a goddess? And she's like, Dad doesn't count. And I'm like, this is very strange. Right. In what situation was the Rev calling? Calling Lucy a goddess. I wouldn't even call, like, a baby a goddess, let alone, like, a... I don't know that I'd ever call anyone a goddess. <laughs> that isn't, like, my romantic partner. Right? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's a weird thing to say about people. Exactly. Um... Um, but she, Lucy decides that there are more advantages to going on this date with Miles Olsen than there are disadvantages, because she can hold this over uh, Mary's head for, like, ever. And that's what sisterly relationships are all about. Yeah. Having to owe each other favors. Um, so Miles ends up coming over, and he basically brings his entire life story with him. And he, he has a... I guess, like, to because he has to meet the Rev and Annie, of course. Um, he's got a photocopied, like, of his li- driver's license. Um, his phone, like, his phone number, the phone number of Eddie's pool hall. Um, his- he tells them his GPA, which is a 2.9, because he accidentally failed his typing, typing final. <laughs> because he his hand moved over one finger. I don't... I guess if the keyboard, if the typewriter or the keyboard was covered, right. and you're trying to type something and you have your... 
Yeah. In the wrong place. Everything is wrong, yeah. Um, but he's planning to go on college. On college. He's planning to go to college, but doesn't know what he wants to do yet. But he looks super nerdy. He's in a short sleeve button-up shirt with a sweater vest. A white belt. Uh, I guess Mary is our fashion moment here because she is wearing this T-shirt that looks like it was like, could have been like, it does look like she's a shirt for like a 12-year-old or something. Right. Um, It looks like a bunch of like, it, it actually looks like Japanese version of Bratz dolls. All wearing like different styled kimonos. Yeah, and then um, she's wearing a shirt underneath it, which is like long sleeves with flowers. It just—it looks like something Ruthie would wear. Yeah. So that's it was yeah. Whereas like Lucy looks like she's going on a date. I don't know. I f- I know that in real life Beverly Mitchell is older than Jessica Biel, but only by like a year. Right, but like on the show, it always seems like Beverly uh, Lucy dresses better than. Mary does, which I guess... I think it's because they try to dress Mary down because she's, like, relaxed and, like, the athlete, and she's just, like... The tomboy. Yeah. Right. Uh, whereas Mary, I feel like, is, is... I'm sorry, Lucy is more, like, attuned to, I guess, fashion. Um, yeah. The date is a, is a disaster, as predicted. His, like, first mess up is, um, like, while he's playing pool, his cue, like, the... <laughs> his cue hits the, like, waitress, and she drops everything. Um, and then Lucy's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't play. Let's, uh, let's get to know each other better. And he's like, yeah, let's rap. (laughs) So. (laughs) Which you can, so, yeah. Um, the date ends with them sitting on the couch and him talking about how he won the president's, what, like, gym award? I don't know what that is. But, like, (laughs) something about being, something about running in the gym and doing, like, athletic stuff. Yeah, like, and that's how I got my presidential fitness Oh, that's a fitness award, yeah. Yeah. Um... I thought, so. I don't know, Mary, like, comes in to save the day, I guess. Um, she tells, like, Miles that Lucy is needed by her mom because Lucy's the only one that can, can... get the twins to bed because of her beautiful singing voice, if you recall. From a, a couple of episodes past. Yeah. Uh, Miles is excited for the next date, calls Lucy his queen. Um... After Miles leaves, Lucy's like, well, not doing that again. And Mary's like, no, one date's not enough. (laughs) And they have, like, a serious moment where Mary's like, I love you. And Lucy's like, I love you too, but clearly you love... Driving more. And Mary's like, oh, no, I messed up. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this kind of wraps up with Miles uh, coming to the house for another date. With Lucy, which Lucy, of course, does not want to go on. Very early in the day, also, this next date is. Yeah, well, the first date was at 4.30. So 5.30. You couldn't read the clock. I know you thought it was 4.30. No, it was 4.30, because remember uh, when Lucy pitches it to Annie, she's like, he's going to come and pick me up at 4.30, and I'll be home by 7. seven. Oh. So but the, the clock said it That was, was when they were leaving the house. That was when Annie was leaving oh, the house oh, okay, at a different okay. time. Different time. Got so it. it was it was 4.30, the time of the first date. So I guess the second date was just as early. So um, anyway. Mary shows up to. Mary goes outside to the driveway to tell Miles that Lucy is Lucy's not, not interested. going on the date. And he quickly realizes, he's like, well, if you're not interested and if Lucy's not interested, what was that note about? And Mary's like, well... Mary could have gotten away with pretending she was still interested here because he was like, you're not my type. So she could have just been like, 
oh, it's a shame it won't work out with us Especially or Lucy. Like, well, I have to. I still have the tickets to go to the monster truck thing, and uh, you can come with me, I guess. And she's like, uh, and he's like, well, what? Why? Which one of you is interested in me then? And she explains that she like dinged the car and like explains the whole thing about oh I realized that you were into my sister so I thought I'd use that to my advantage. We see the ding on the car <laughs> and it's rusty. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I did that a year ago. You didn't do anything." Didn't you notice like that your ding had already rusted? So and she's like, "Oh, that's great. We're all in the clear." Yeah, and except he- Annie is uh, totally unreasonable. Well, there's a weird moment before this happens where Mary and like Miles become friends. Because Miles, like, she gives him pointers on how not to talk about girls, like, their statistics. Yeah, because he's like, oh, it, it keeps my average with girls, like, at zero. So. And he's like, I guess I'm not a jerk, but I'm a schnook. No idea what that is. <laughs> Which also, I was like, what did he just say? Um, but she's like, I can help you and we can be friends if you want to talk about girls. Okay. <laughs> We're buds now. No, yeah, I don't know what the hell this was about. But then we get to, like, the you, you like everything you do has consequences kind of theme where Annie blows the fuck up on Mary. I don't, I don't know why either. It is, like, very, very strange. And she's like, you know, you it was irresponsible and you used your sister... I mean, that's true. She did pimp out Lucy to, like, get away with this car thing. But, like, Annie took it a bit overboard. She she didn't, like, force Lucy to do anything, though. Yeah, Lucy, even after Lucy found out that it, this guy was not the guy she thought it was, that, like, he was, like, the, you know, the school dork or whatever, she's the one that actively went on the date. Um, I mean, she did do it for her sister, but she also did it because he called her a goddess, so... Yeah, she was getting something from it, I guess. She felt special. Which, uh, everybody wants to feel special. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, like, but Annie was, like, in this family, everything you do, every action you take is, like, dropping a stone in a pond, and the whole family feels the ripples because we're all in the pond. <laughs> So I think that this was some sort of misguided anger. I think she she's pretty upset about everything that's going on with the university president, and she decides to take her anger out on Mary in this situation. Um, she, re- like, reams into Mary, like... Yeah. And then... And, like, she acts like also that Lucy wasn't kind of a part of this. Or, like, complacent at all. And then when Mary apologizes, she's like, I'm really, really sorry about this, but I know that that's not enough for you. Annie goes really petty and goes, it isn't, and I'm glad you know it's not enough. <laughs> I'm like, you're her mother. Why aren't you acting like a mother? I. This is the one thing that I, this is the thing I always complain about, If you, as you guys are familiar, is that the parents always have such odd reactions to, like, especially when um, Matt and Mary do something wrong. Um it just it's not equivalent. It's not proportional to how they should yeah, be reacting. Like Mary always gets in much more trouble than Matt ever would. Right. Like if Matt does this, they'd be like, Oh, better luck next time. Right. I just uh and Lucy well, all like Annie says to Lucy is like, Maybe you should, you know, have a little bit more self worth. <laughs> and not <laughs> that's let the understatement of the year. <laughs> and that's really it for uh, and then like Annie says your punishment is to like, look after the captains of industry. So, yeah. And I don't know. So, basically, Annie's like, you have to go help Simon and Ruthie with their paper route. 
And Mary's like, why? This makes no sense. And she's like, 20 minutes of your time will save them an hour. So I don't know how long it takes them to do their paper route. I don't, Mm. it's, I don't know. We'll get to the end, weird weird ending of this episode later. It's very strange. But, uh, so I guess we'll talk about the captains of industry now, uh, Ruthie and Simon. So So their story starts right out at the gate after the cold open, where we have a montage of Simon delivering papers. Yeah. Uh, it's all supposed to be funny. I wasn't that entertained. It was not funny. Um, Simon falls over because the newspapers are so heavy. Yeah, it was all like physical comedy. He uh. gets caught in the sprinklers. He gets chased by a dog. Uh, and then we get to the crux of the matter with Scrooge Malone. I'm going to call him Scrooge Malone. <laughs> um, so as we said earlier, Malone has not been paying. And we realize he owes 1850 So that's like a few like, what, more than a month's worth of newspapers? Well, I used to have a paper route. It was terrible. Collecting was terrible. And it was, like, three fifty a week. But people always owed more. Like, no one ever paid every single week. So, um, yeah, eighteen fifty. that's, like... Six weeks? No. Yeah. Well, um, less than six weeks. Yeah. Like, it's, like, five weeks. I don't know, four weeks. Math. Math. Not good at it. <laughs> Not good at um, it. Um... So, like, a month. That's a month. He's behind a month. And they try to get him, but he, like, just goes straight from his car to his door and and closes the door in their faces. So their next stop is Mittens. (laughs) I'm always... Mittens on on an episode of 7th Heaven is always a pleasant surprise. But sadly, we found out that this is the last episode that she is in. Um, Yes. The uh, actress actually passed away uh, near the end of 2002 due to lung cancer. But we loved Mittens. Yeah. Um, so the Camden kids, the youngest Camden kids, uh, stop at Mittens' household. Mittens' household. Mittens, the house of Mittens. <laughs> Casa Mittens. <laughs> Casa de Mittens. Um, so, for a juice break. Which was, like I said, filled with cough syrup. <laughs> Remember, you know. You know, at the baby shower. And the cough syrup. The cough syrup. Classic. Classic Mittens. Um <laughs> And the children tell Mittens about their woes with Malone. Apparently, Malone has, like, also gotten on Mittens' nerves, the nerves of Mittens. <laughs> um, because she... Uh, begonias? Yeah, she, her begonias died, apparently, because of his... Um, aftershave. His aftershave. So, which I also don't think is a thing, unless he's pouring it onto the flowers. Um, so she says, I will help you. Um, she comes up with a plan, and the, like, secondary part of this story is that Annie wants to be involved, but, like, (laughs) nobody wants Annie there. I think she thinks they're up to something. I mean, they are up to something. Yeah. Um, so the next day, uh... Well, we also get the idea that they don't want her involved because she doesn't think they're, like, responsible enough, and they don't want her to know that they're having trouble with, like, this customer. Um, right, exactly. And she overhears this kind of conversation happening where Simon is talking to Ruthie as she sleeps. And he's apologizing for, like, this, like, conundrum they, f- they found themselves in. And so Annie's like, are we sure everything's okay with the paper route? And he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And also, he's acting a little bit suspicious at home because he asks, I guess Mittens tells him what the plan is going to be. So he asks uh, Annie if they have any fishing equipment and... And he's like, okay, well, I <laughs> guess then, you like, just need the fishing equipment. And a light bulb to to fix, like, 
the... Well, I think they were actually honest right. about that. Like, mittens needed a, a light bulb replaced. Um, so, bef- as they're prepping for their mission to get the money out of Scrooge Malone, which involves eating corn dogs, um, yes. Annie shows up, and he's like, I just, you know, wanted to see what was going on. And so Mittens understands that Annie's, like, snooping. So she sends the kids into the house to get condiments and juices. <laughs> and then they make out. <laughs> right. So then Annie's like, I know something's happening. And Mittens, and she's like, and I don't want the kids to annoy you. And, and Mittens basically says, you know, it's hard to cook for one when I'm used to cooking for four. So I don't mind their company. Yeah, like, because she's like, don't let them bother you. Like. And they come to some sort of understanding, which which is sealed with a kiss by Annie. <laughs> well, this is a very weird moment, which I like. I did not understand what was happening, and then all of a sudden Annie leans in, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> but it's very intense. Yeah, but it's just a kiss on the cheek. But yeah, it's still strange. Um, so Annie <laughs> goes and takes a corn dog to go in a plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> Which you apparently had seen before. I've seen it somewhere before. I don't. Maybe did you Snapchat this to me? I don't think so. Oh well, I maybe it was on a different TV show. Maybe it was like The Adventures of Pete and Pete or something. Um, but because that show's weird and it probably has stuff like corn dogs and plastic bags. So the <laughs> so the plan goes underway and it involves hooking up a newspaper to a fishing line. Having so Scrooge Malone opens the door, he um, sees the newspaper like bends down to grab it, but then like Ruthie pulls the fishing line, and he follows it like yeah a stupid into person. the <laughs> into the bushes. <laughs> Wait, no, <laughs> no, he, he just... like takes a step out, and then like Simon runs, closes the door behind him, so he can't go back inside, and then when Scrooge Malone tries to move, he's like stuck to the floor. Or, like, to the patio. Yeah, because they have, like, pest strips or something that they've put down, so... Um, which, which Mittens goes, I found them when I was boxing up everything to move upwind, because that was... What, what Scrooge's, like, suggestion was for making sure that her flowers didn't die anymore. And she goes, and, but, my, like, my begonias died anyway because of your aftershave. And he's like, that's impossible. My aftershave could not have killed your begonias. And she goes... Well, <laughs> your, your aftershave made them commit suicide. Yeah. Which, great. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, anyway, he pays up due to all the conniving by the kids and mittens. Um, and everything's great. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll get back to the end. Uh, at the end. At the end, yeah. So um, then I guess we've got what they... Bill is the main storyline. Did you read the Amazon summary for this? No, I didn't. Hold Do you on. want to? Yes. Before, we don't read the Amazon synopsis because they usually don't give a lot of information. But uh, the, the one for this episode was pretty funny because it makes it sound... Well, it's Matt and Eric find themselves caught up in the sex scandal that rocks Crawford University, which makes it seem like... Matt and, Eric, and the Rev have done something. Right, that they're the sex, sex scandal. scandal. Right, exactly. So, Poorly worded, Amazon. Poorly worded. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, that's obviously not what happened, as we said before, because it's the president of the university 
engaging in extracurriculars with the, oh how clever uh, with, the, with the with the uh, with the grad student um, at the first, like we said so the cold open and then I think the next thing that happens is it between Matt and the parents the Camerons I think what I think what we can say blanketly about the storyline with the parents uh, with Rev and Annie is that the Rev is kind of like I don't know how to feel. And Annie's like, shouldn't he be punished, basically? <laughs> wow. <laughs> right, because, like, Annie is like, well, he made, a mista- he made a mistake, but he made a mistake that, like, ruined his family's life. Do you but, trust him to lead the school? Yeah, but, and then the Rev is like, well, the thing is, I don't know if we're supposed to think that this happened in the past or that it's current. Oh, but- no, we're, we know that it happened in the past uh, and that it's over. Right. So, um, and the Rev cites all of these good, like, statistics about what this guy, like, how the school has been doing well since um, this guy has, like, taken over as the president. So the Rev is, like, he's doing his job. So the Rev is a little bit on the side of Matt, where he's like, this is his private life, and they shouldn't have crossed over, and it's unfortunate that they did, but, like, it's none of this, if, if he's fulfilling his, like, job duties, it's no one else's business what he's doing at home. We have a scene between the Rev and Brenner at, like, the parking lot of a grocery store <laughs> where, where they sit in, like, the cars. The back of the minivan, the right. trunk, yeah. And just, ha- like, he tries to explain himself. And I'll be honest, I tuned out because this story was so fucking boring. But, it was. Uh, but, it was just a lot of back and forth with people saying the same thing right, over, over and over. Right, over and over again, where he's like, I made a mistake, but, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't meet your expectations, but, like... I regret this. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's literally what is said. Yeah. Um, I guess Matt's portion of this is really that one scene. Yeah, he's, like, walking through the hallway, and some some of the students who want to, like, have a walkout um, are, are organizing, and Matt walks in, and he's like, oh, this is none of our business. I don't approve of what you're doing. Um, and then they start like pushing, well, I thought this was very hypocritical. These people who are like the more, like the morality police, um, start like fighting Matt, uh, (laughs) because he has like a different viewpoint. Yeah. Well, Matt brings up a good point where he's like, you just have the loudest voice, but that doesn't mean you stand for everybody's opinion here because what's happening here is we see two different factions kind of breaking into this argument uh, and the one faction which is quote unquote the loudest faction this is like the character his name is Doug I think yeah um, he wants President Brunner to be fired and he wants to bring go to like the board of trustees meeting where they're deciding because this is oh this is the thing that I want to comment on most times when this kind of scandal hits like is institutions like this like cheating and all that stuff people just usually resign right I don't know see where it's like something that I don't, I don't know. Uh, or no. It, I just always... It depends, I think, on the situation or what the position is. Like, I feel like public, like, office uh, figures, like, would, and except for, remember the governor of New York when right, David Patterson that, was right. like, you're going to find out, but my wife and I cheated on each other, and we know, and it's all right. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, uh, I just feel like generally people are supposed to resign, and he decides not to resign, so his tenure is, like, coming into question. Yeah. Um, and that's what, like, so they're like, let's 
like show up at the board of trustees meeting and matt says no he let's let let him deal with this in private and then there's like a fight that breaks out yeah uh and and matt gets like pretty and and these are the people who are like morality and so it's like why are you fighting someone who's just disagreeing with you right um Matt comes home with a $200 fine for disturbing the peace. <laughs> the campus security broke up the fight. Um, uh, the Rev is like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the point of this is. Like, what, like, they're saying, we have a weird situation scene thing where Annie meets up with Jillian, which is... The wife. ...of the president. And she also apparently works at the university... Um, and her thing is, uh, I built a name for myself, and this girl decides that she's going to do it by sleeping with my husband. It's like, why do you guys keep on assuming? Right. All the assumptions made about the uh, student really upset me. Um, right, same. Like, ma- And they're like, uh, she knew that he was married, and like, uh, they make it seem like she was like evil when in positions like this where like, it's an older man in a position of power... They make it sound like she was, like, evil when there's a lot of situations that could have led to right. this. Like, there's the whole, like, power dynamic of him being the president of the university. Right, even though they make it a point to say that it was, con- one, consensual, and two, that she was of age legally. They don't talk about the fact that there is that power dynamic. at fit. Even though she's a grad student, that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. She's still a student. Um, the one thing that we do get out of this is according to... Uh, so it's not illegal by law, but so there's like a... Well, uh, Annie asks if there's a morals clause in the university charter, and I was like, who would who would write that? So there, and this is, I think, where it comes in. Like, the argument is, do you look at, do you judge this, like, for my, by morality or by what the law says? And again, I'm telling you, I don't understand <laughs> what was happening here. I there were so many things being said about this. Um, at some point, like, Shauna changes her mind. Yeah. And when Matt comes back from getting beat up, Annie changes her mind? I don't know. Yeah. He, because Matt is saying, like, stating his point of view, and the Rev is like, yeah, we know. And the Rev always kind of was, like, on the same side as Matt. But then Annie just doesn't say anything. She's like, okay. okay. And this was somewhere where I expected maybe Annie to be like, well, you shouldn't get involved with, like, you know, it's it, it was bad. Like, I, I, I imagine Annie was going to still be like, oh, well, it was morally wrong, so, and, and that tells us about his character, and do you want someone of poor character, like, running the university? And then this, like, this situation took a weird turn where the Rev is talking to the president about his marriage, <laughs> and it's like, you guys should try to s- stick together. And I'm like, why is this happening now? Except they do stay together. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's like, we've worked so hard to get here, so let's... I don't know. I don't understand. It ends with the Rev showing up at the Board of Trustees meeting. More <laughs> weirdly dyed hair, very strange eyebrows in this scene. Um, and he... There is, like, one guy who speaks out. It's like, and what are you doing here? Like, what's the point of a reverend being here? And... The Rev is like, oh, I'm also his friend. And the people who were, like, ready to run this guy out of town are like, what a convenient time for him to become friends with a reverend. And I don't know. So the Rev gives this whole long speech that changes people's minds because, of course, it does because he's the reverend and he comes and saves the day. Uh, Annie also shows up with Jillian. Jillian, like, stands by her man. 
Um, and he doesn't really look happy about what the Rev is saying, though, so I was, again, a little <laughs> confused. Still, right. We got so many conflicting messages from, like... Everyone. Yeah, the Rev would say one thing, and then the next scene he'd be like, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if what I said before is what I really believe. And then Annie would do the same thing, and so did everybody who's constantly changing their minds. Which I guess is, like, the only real... This is, like, the first time that Seventh Heaven has been pretty realistic about, like, people... Like, moral ambiguity? ambiguity? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he basically says, who are we to be the ones that judge how someone should be punished and when should be puni- when somebody should be punished and how much they should be punished? This is why we have the law. You know, we put all this in the law's hand. And then he starts talking about fighting with the Bible. Yeah, he's like, all of these people, well, these people are thumping their Bibles because uh, it's convenient. And, like, do you live by the Bible? And Like an eye for an eye. He gets into an eye <laughs> for an eye. And two, because while you're there, just take all of the eyes. But, like, never in the episode did anybody talk about... The Bible. You, or, like, quoting the Bible. He kept on saying that people were misquoting the Bible. They just kept talking generally about, like, morality. Which um, doesn't necessarily... It's not only... What, yeah, because there are, like, you, there are people who are not religious who have, like, morals that... Right. ...draw their morals from a different set of, I don't know, standards. Uh, so... Morality is not exclusive to the Bible. And we kind of learn... Out of, I forgot to mention this. There's a scene where we learn why Matt is kind of sympathetic... Uh, to the president because he's like, oh, well, I'm a minister's kid and I know what it's like for people to always be watching me. So, I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> the, so while the Rev is going on his speech about the Bible, he starts talking about how humankind are all a family and... And the <laughs> and thing about the about pod. The pod. And the ripples. <clears throat> and while he's saying this, they cut back to... Um, <laughs> All of all of the the cam kids uh, doing like the pap like you know delivering the papers uh, and like uh, Simon and Ruthie are on like a red wagon and um, with a happy yeah and then Mary and Lucy like deliver a paper and then Lucy jumps on Mary's back and is like taking a piggyback ride as Matt and Shauna are with w- the twins walk down the street with the twins. And in the background, we just hear the Rev going on about how, and when there's one, there are consequences to all of our actions, and those consequences don't just impact us, they impact everyone in humankind, and that's, that's really it. Well, I would just like to say, we have a couple of other scenes with, like, this, like, family paper route that's going on. One is, um, <laughs> so, the beginning montage right, shows that, like, Simon has a hard time with this newspaper delivery because um, he always get, gets caught with the sprinklers or by the dog or whatever. So this is the first time, because he has his sister's help, that he misses the sprinklers, and then when the dog comes out and chases him, <laughs> Mary... Jessica Biel did some crazy good acting. Right. She, like, bends down and barks, like, mad. But she's like... Burp, 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 burp. And, not- like, makes this crazy face. I can't even describe it. And, like, scares the dog away with her own dog acting. <laughs> and then as soon as... It was beautiful. As soon as that's over, Mitten shows up in her, like, decked out... <laughs> it's got American flags all over it. She's got a scooter, a motorized scooter. And there's, like, it's all decked out in red stuff. And she's like, we ride. <laughs> and, like... Is riding all over the place, like picks up her newspaper. They like trap Scrooge Malone in his car. 
to get him to pay. It's just a crazy end scene. <laughs> it was very ridiculous. Um, but that's, that's like, about it. Right, wait. And Simon's, like, wardrobe when he's selling, when he's selling, like, Oh, yeah, this is a little favorites. 90s fashion. I don't understand what he's wearing. It's, like... Looks like one of those shirts that, like... The only way I can describe it is if you if you ever watched all I know is from the beginning seasons of Two and a Half Men. It's what Charlie Sheen would always be wearing. It's like those like silk, those like men's shirts that are like button up and they're short sleeve and they're like not formal. They're like they're kind of like casual art, shirts and they've got like an Art Deco design almost. Yeah, it's like usually like blocks or stripes, right. um, and that's what it looks like. But then he's wearing like not nor- like he looks like he's wearing like track pants like. With the stripes down the side? Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't... I don't know. It's a weird fashion choice. Anyway, that's the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, who was your best Camden? I'm going to go with Matt because he was the most normal <laughs> in this episode. Um, mm. And I like that he didn't join in like the crusade to like have the president kicked... Ousted. Uh, yeah, ousted. So that was good. He took a stand for what he thought was, you know. I think I'm going to shock you because I'm going to say Ruthie. <gasps> Why? She didn't really do anything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what would you rate this episode? Like a two? Yeah. You know, I'm going to give it a 2.5 just for that end scene with Mittens. No. Yes, a 2.5 for Mittens and Jessica Biel barking like a dog. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that gets some extra points. Um, so, our social media, where you can always contact us if you want us to mention you on our podcast, like we did earlier. Um, or, if you want to see why Beverly Mitchell likes our Instagram posts. You can follow us. Uh, Instagram.com slash, or just Camden Cast Show. Uh, that's, where we, that's our handle on Twitter as well. Yep. We, we also post on Facebook, which is just Camden Cast. Um, and if you don't have iTunes or whatever, or can't listen to us through the iTunes like podcast app, you can listen to us on soundcloud.com backslash CamdenCast. Yep. Uh, or you could do the iTunes thing and, um, subscribe, uh, rate, rate, review, and listen. You can also email us, uh, CamdenCast at gmail.com. Yeah. And that's it for today. We will see you on Wednesday. I'm Tammy. And I'm Erin. And this is Camping Cast. Bye.